Hello, everyone. It is the Spirit of Super Cool Radio himself, Matthew Thomas, and you are listening to Concerts That Made Us podcast. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Thomas, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It is a very high honor, and I'm so glad to chat with you again. It's uh, It's been a long time coming now. I'm glad we're finally getting around to it. Oh, I am too. I, you know, again, it's so nice to chat with you. You know, actually, you know, I know we do a lot through texting, but it's nice to actually uh, have that kind of, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, actually hear each other kind of a uh, engage with each other and stuff so i'm very looking very much looking forward to it and i know you were obviously on my podcast super cool radio about uh, what uh early you know mid-january so it's nice to flip the flip the script a little bit and have you uh interview me so it's nice to have you and i very much looking forward to chatting with you i couldn't have said it better myself geez but was that mid-january it feels like it was literally about two weeks ago (laughs) I know I can't believe you know at the time of this recording it's already the beginning of March yeah. and February flew by for me and I feel like March is going to do the same. Uh, I don't know how about for you with uh, January and February. Yeah, I was literally just saying it to a coworker yesterday that like the year is starting to slip away already. It's one of the fastest years I've seen. I think it's it's actually very refreshing. I don't know about for you, but 2021 through 2022 really dragged for me. Like I was busy, I was doing stuff. You know, I feel like they were pretty good years, but this year just feels a little bit different. It feels a little bit faster, and the vibe feels just a little bit more brighter and more optimistic. Well, yeah, actually, that's the other thing. It is uh, a lot brighter and optimistic, all right, but it is absolutely flying by. Like, I can't believe that, you know, St. Patrick's Day is, what, two weeks, three weeks time already, and it feels like yesterday I was saying, oh, Christmas was last week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I definitely know what you mean. And, yeah, like, I'm still, like, you know, recalling stuff like I, I was talking to my parents about I, I forgot something uh, like they were fixing. They fixed the light in my neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, I was around Christmas time. And my mom's like, yeah, that was two months ago. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're right. And it's out again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Right. Well, as you mentioned, I appeared on your excellent podcast. It was a fun chat. If any of my listeners haven't heard it, please go check it out. And for anyone I'm sure there's not many of my listeners now that haven't heard your show, but for any of them that haven't, tell us about it. What is Super Cool Radio? I was anticipating you're going to ask me this, so I did have a little bit something prepared, but (laughs) Super Cool Radio is a very cool, may I say, super cool podcast that delivers you you a lot of great uh, interviews and just great 
music that you probably haven't heard of, but I recommend that you check out. I do a lot of independent bands that I interview and sometimes occasionally, not so much this year as I'm planning, but I will be spinning some music again. And I just started a kind of new kind of solo podcast for Super Cool Radio where I talk about news, history. It's a lot of cool topics and it's about 20 minutes. That's every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So that's kind of been the main focus, but also just having great conversations with awesome musicians. That's what Super Cool Radio is all about. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that comes across straight off the bat is your passion. You know, your passion for the podcast, your passion for music and your passion for the local music scene. Where does that come from? Well, it kind of started back in 2019 is when I officially started Super Cool Radio. And the year before 2018, I started really going to concerts. I think I went to like 10 concerts in 2018, something like that. And uh, that's when I really started getting into like music and, you know, having music impact your life. I think it's a very powerful thing, especially it allows you to express emotions you didn't know how to express in other ways. So being from that in 2018 to going into 2019, I was kind of looking around, you know, kind of the um, the local kind of rock music because I was the local station here, which is they're doing a lot better. I'm very happy for them with spinning independent bands. But at that time, they weren't really doing that. So I was like, we need an outlet here in the local area of South Bend that caters to these independent bands since no one is really covering that right now. So that's kind of how it really started. Um, I didn't really plan on doing interviews for a while until like 2020. And I was like, I probably maybe I should start doing interviews. So that's kind of where that started. But at the beginning, it's just like, I want to showcase these great bands that I very much enjoy that uh, we don't get to hear anywhere else. Since starting the podcast, then, what has been your proudest moment? Oh, man, I think, well, two come to mind uh, for a little bit of different reasons. Um, so I think last year was a really successful year for Super Cool Radio. It was probably the best, I think, uh, for you know 2020. It was one of my favorites. And I think just branching out and actually doing things, I think, was the most successful. So last year, I had the opportunity to cover Motoblot which is funny, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the Motoblot shirt today. Um, <laughs> that was an amazing music festival. It takes place in Chicago every year. It's usually the last weekend of June. My friend Nikki from Mystery Action says, you should really cover this because it's going to be a really awesome event. And I was like, okay. So I che- you know, checked into it. I emailed the press person, got my press pass. And it was such an amazing experience. It was so stressful leading up to it because I had to make sure my equipment worked. I had to contact the bands, get the interviews. I had to scope out like where to park and where the Cobra Lounge is. So doing all of that and making sure that all of that's going to work day, you know, those three days was extremely stressful until I got to Motoblot that first day. Everything went really well. I got to meet some really awesome people. I had a really great interview with Susie Moon. So it was so fun and very rewarding because I had to make, I had to set up you know, all my arrangements, where the hotel is going to be, you know, my parking, all of that, plus have my equipment with me and do it as a one person trying to cover a music Jeez. festival. <laughs> it was my proudest moment when I got back. And well, okay, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this and, you know, people are going to react however they're going to react to it. But once I got home back to South Bend, because Chicago is about a three ish hour drive, two and a half, three from uh, South Bend, Indiana, uh, I cried. I was so happy that everything went perfectly with no real incidences or problems 
I was just so happy that I cried. So if people want to make fun of me for that. That's totally fine. But that I don't think I've admitted that anywhere else. But dude, for real, that was one of my proudest moments. Only second to another one, if you don't mind me. Uh, yeah, yeah, work away. Uh, so in October, I had the opportunity to cover uh, a Dead Boys show at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis, which is the capital of Indiana. It's about a two, two and a half hour drive. So I had the opportunity. So I interviewed Susan Moon again, which she's amazing. If anyone hasn't listened to her music, definitely check her out. She's doing so much great stuff. And she's a really awesome musician. Her whole band, I got to hang out with them for most of the show. They are so nice. Really awesome people. And I also, so I, I interviewed her. Uh, I got to see the briefs where, which they're a really awesome punk band. Another, another band people should check out if they haven't heard of them. So I got to watch them for a little bit. And then I got to interview dead boys, which was cheetah Chrome, Jake Hout, And they, they were so cool. If you would have asked me when I first started this, that I'm going to interview dead boys, I, I would have, you would have blown my mind because I never would have thought that was possible. And what was something that really stuck with me was I was talking to Cheetah Chrome, who's a legend who I very much respect. He is so awesome and so cool that uh, he actually really enjoyed my interview with Jake, who I did. That was about a about a month, month and a half before the show. And to say that he really enjoyed my interview, that he watched it, that just just blew my mind. I never never would have thought, you know, that Cheetah Chrome was going to watch my interview and then you know enjoying enjoying enough that he would tell me you know in person it was it was amazing and that was one of my another proud one of my proudest moments along with covering motoblot man that's that's pretty cool and the whole thing about crying you know i don't think that's anything to be ashamed of because i for one know the amount of work that goes into a podcast and you know it can play on your nerves a bit and sometimes you do things and it doesn't pay off. But when you're after putting a hell of a lot of work into something and it does pay off, geez, there's no better feeling, you know. But for sure, especially just to, to be overcome with the emotions. I've never been kind of that like just my emotions just got the better of me. Um, and, you know, if, if anyone went back and looked at my moto, moto block coverage for that Sunday, I was wearing sunglasses most of the day because like, I was already kind of feeling it. So I was like, I don't want, you know, I put my sunglasses on to calm myself down a little bit. Cause I was like, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, don't want to go full blown, you know, emotional uh, during this last day. So that's why I was wearing my sunglasses and picked them up at the gas station like the night before. Yeah, I get you. I got you. And before we dive into the rest of the questions I have for you, what are some of the obstacles you've had to overcome when it comes to the podcast from setting it up to making it successful? Oh man. <laughs> um well that's a loaded question, my man. Um, <laughs> uh I, I would say the biggest thing is reaching people, whether that's in person or through social media, as we talked about in the last interview, which we're a little bit, you know, we focus a lot on the negative stuff. And honestly, that was two months ago. I've had a lot of things change in my life that I've told you about before this interview. So I'm feeling a little bit more uh happier and optimistic with stuff. So I'll focus more on like um you know, because we covered a lot in the in our in our interview that was on my podcast. So obviously, the biggest thing is reaching people. We talked about social media, how it kind of works against creators, especially not established creators or independent creators. So there's always that obstacle of how do you reach people? Like my post last week didn't really reach as many people as I was hoping for, but I'm always thankful for the people who I do reach via social media. I think the biggest one of the biggest challenges is definitely equipment 
having great equipment to compete. Like it's hard with no budget. You know, this is all my, you know, as with you, this is all our money that we, you know, that we can have to work with is our own. So um, that's kind of the biggest thing to make sure you get proper mic. I bought a backdrop for this year and hung that up. It's mostly straight for the most part. Uh, (laughs) But also having good road equipment, because I do, as I said, I cover, you know, in-person interviews, usually at shows. So making sure that my equipment works, but also, again, being one person. So you have to make sure your equipment is good, but also that it's simple enough that you can do it. Because obviously with the shows, especially, you're on a time crunch. Sometimes you only get, you got 15 minutes total. That's not including your setup. That's not including the interview. That is every time you have, this is the most time you have with this person. So you have to, you know, set up quickly. So that's why I have a pretty simple setup. You know, sometimes it's not uh, the most ideal, especially just with two mics, but because if you're interviewing multiple people, it's hard to, you know, pass around the mic around sometimes, but it's the simplest setup without having a laptop because then it's, you know, it's a safety and security problem because Someone could just walk in and try to take your stuff too. So I try to keep all my stuff, you know, simple enough and usually right next to me. So if someone tries to mess with me, I'm obviously going to see it. So that's, I would say definitely having great equipment and being able to just talk to people and reach people, you know, understand why, you know, have people understand why you're doing this and who, you know, check out the band you're supporting and all that stuff. But I think right now, the biggest challenge right now, as I, I told you a little bit before the interview, so I got a, a huge rush of uh, interviews that I, you know, I'm very grateful for. So trying to plan all that out and trying to come up with good questions to ask that I'm not just asking the same set of questions every time that I'm you know doing research and actually having uh, more uh, in-depth conversations about either the music scene or their song or just them in general too. So I think that's time and coming up with good questions is my challenge right now, just because I am so busy. You know, when it comes to interviewing people, then do you feel like there's a line, you know, do you feel like because it's a music podcast, you can only talk about music or do you feel like you can literally ask them anything? That's a good question. It depends on the person. I know it sounds very, it's it's kind of a generic cop out, but it really depends on because I've had interviews with, um, well, if anyone's familiar with the killer's confession, uh, Waylon Revis, uh, that was a very interesting conversation. If anyone wants to check it out, obviously it's available on super cool radio, just because I wasn't expecting that where that conversation went. I mean, that in the coolest way we started talking about like, uh, the, you know, social media and the influencers and stuff like that. So that was, you know, we kind of went into off, not really talking too much about a killer's confession. And so we were talking about, you know, social media and the impact it has on people. So I think it depends. I don't generally try to, um, you know, ask questions like that. And he kind of just started going into that in that direction. So I kind of just rolled with it because that's obviously what he wanted to talk about. But for the most part, unless I know a guest like specifically asked to talk about a certain thing or they're very vocal about something, I tend I usually try to keep it more music based unless I know there's, you know, another topic they might want to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. You kind of, with guests, you want to kind of almost give them the lead to the side where the conversation goes to a certain point. I suppose you want to kind of just be the guide guiding the conversation, but if they want to take it in another direction, you kind of, you just let them. 
Exactly. And as long as it's appropriate uh, direction, you know, obviously if they're talking about something very outrageous or, you know, um, that could be uh, conceived the wrong way, then I, I don't try to follow that direction. But um, usually if it's just like, I have no problem talking about many different things, especially many different aspects of life and culture. I don't have too much problem with that unless it starts to offend somebody. Then it's like, all right, we're, you know, I, I'm not going to go in that direction, you know, because there is a line with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, we'll uh, we'll dive into some music questions then to see where your love of music came from. Let's do it. Can you remember your earliest musical memory? Oof. Okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you two. I'll give you my okay, earliest musical memory. I would say my brother was like a huge fan of like classic rock, like probably when I was in fourth or fifth grade, and he he's you know older than me. So he was listening to like Alice Cooper, Deep Purple, like, you know, those kind of like, you know what I mean? Those really classic rock bands. Mm. And uh, he had a stereo that he bought because, uh, you know, he saved up his money, bought this really cool stereo that he still has. I really like it. Um, so he would buy CDs and we listen in his room. So that was that was growing up, you know, probably fourth and fifth grade. That's probably at least the, the moments that uh, stand out to me. I see, I see. And did you grow up in a very musical house? You know, was there always music being played? Were your parents big into music? Yes, definitely. Uh, my mom and dad would talk about the you know, the different concerts they went to when they were dating and when they got married. And uh, my dad and my mom both have a, a very cool uh, vinyl collection. And for a while, we had a record player until, you know, it was like one of those like huge boxy ones. Unfortunately, that eventually did uh, break. And at that time, like vinyl wasn't as cool as CDs. So like, um, you know, you couldn't find the parts for it. Now it's the opposite. Like there's record players and parts for them everywhere. Uh, so now we finally got a new one uh, and we don't listen as much as we used to. But yeah, we still got that vinyl collection and a new record player now. Uh, do you think you'll ever uh, become a bit of a, a vinyl person yourself and start collecting them? Maybe. Uh, I, I like CDs because I like the portability of it. Like I have a CD player in my car. Like that's the only thing I have. I don't have, like I have a radio and I have a CD player. That's all I have. So I kind of lead more towards CDs, but you know, it's so nice to just hang hang out and listen to vinyl just because that unique sound it has. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we'll, we'll flash forward to your teenage years then. What kind of music, you know, were you exposed to by your friends? Ooh, so... Friends wise, um, I didn't really talk too much music with my friends um, too much. Usually, like um, if I did, they were kind of in the same category that I was listening to. Um, you know, I know um, like, well, I would say like my friend uh, Jordan, uh, he was really in a hailstorm probably in high school. So that's how I kind of started getting into that. I was, I was familiar with them, but I started getting more into them because I was hanging out with him. So I would say that, but like usually all the stuff I kind of listened to, like from my brother, I was kind of taking that into high school and probably at the end of high school, I was kind of getting more into punk, but that was kind of just my exploring, not too much uh, influence outside of that. And when it comes to listening to music, what's your guilty pleasure? Is there a band or a genre of music even that you listen to that maybe your listeners would be shocked by? I feel like it's hard to shock my listeners with stuff <laughs> just because of how much stuff I do or like, you know, when I had my radio show, I pretty much played everything. Um, occasionally when I'm on the treadmill, like I'll listen to pop stuff like on the treadmill. Just, and that's really just to get like, get moving. You know what I mean? To kind of 
you'll, you'll get the energy moving and up so that way you can like run on the treadmill so i i say i haven't listened to it in a while i've kind of just been going to punk now but for a while i was listening to pop music um on the treadmill ah it's good to to get the the motivation going i suppose to to work out and one thing super cool radio does is it shows how like how happening your music scene is over in Chicago. You know, it seems like it's very vibrant. And I'm even noticing a lot of bands I'm interviewing lately. A lot of them are coming from Chicago and surrounding areas. Now, when you were growing up, what was the local music scene like then? And how did it compare to it now? So the interesting thing with me, um, I didn't really get started in the local music scene until I started Super Cool Radio, which is kind of weird. Uh, but I would say it's definitely it's come back stronger. Obviously, the pandemic, it really killed off. But before that, um, so for a while, it was pretty happening. Like from Again, from what I've heard, I haven't directly experienced uh, a lot before the pandemic. But from what I've heard from people who I've talked to, and I know you've talked to and interviewed a few of them as well from my area. Um, the biggest thing is like a very metal um, city here in South Bend. So like there's a lot of metal shows and it was kind of a, a tour spot. You know, you'd go from Chicago to South Bend, then you'd either go to Michigan or South, you know, to like Indianapolis or Ohio. And um, so that would kind of be a, a resting point for bands. You know, it uh, might not have been like the most packed show you went to, but um, it was kind of for them to make money and keep touring without having to, you know, because Detroit, Indianapolis, and Ohio, they're not that close to Chicago. So they'd get a little bit of a break and then they can continue touring, you know, like, uh, and, and uh, the opportunity to make money, then continue touring as well. So that was going on a lot. It kind of died out a little bit in the late 2000, uh, 2010s, uh, just because it would mostly, um, you know, just, Bands were booking shows there, unfortunately. So it kind of died out a little bit. But now, after 2020, I've really noticed that people are getting way more serious about the music scene and trying to revitalize it. And also probably because they missed it, because that, you know, obviously when 2020 happened, there wasn't any shows going on. They're probably like, oh man, we probably missed, you know, some great opportunities. So when yeah. shows finally did get start booked again, uh, you know, people were starting to get really passionate about it. They're promoting it, they're sharing it, they're supporting other bands. So I think. You know, that was like the one, um, you know, the silver lining of the pandemic was people kind of woke up and realized like we got to we should be we should do this more seriously, you know, because it got taken away from us. So we got to put all of our energy into that for the time have because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And, you know, is your city kind of say a massive, massive band, say on the level of Metallica, who's Metallica? <laughs> Say a massive band like Metallica, or even someone like Alice Cooper, announces a national tour. Is your city the type of city now that it's guaaranteed they will play it here? I wouldn't say guaranteed, um, but obviously Alice Cooper comes here every few years. He um, he plays at the the local kind of performing arts center. I've seen him a few times. I think I've seen him twice here in South Bend. And uh, so he comes every he's been coming more frequently now, I've noticed, but uh, he would probably come before the pandemic about four or five years. And now he's been coming about every three ish years. So I, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a guaranteed tour stop. 
on like national touring bands like Metallica or Alice Cooper. Uh, and well, Metallica is just playing football stadiums this tour. So, <laughs> um, but Alice Cooper, like that kind of level, like um, I would say it's it, it's gonna be a good chance or like um, like for that old school kind of like I know um, even in our surrounding area, not just South Bend, but like New Buffalo, Michigan, they get a lot of like casino. They have a casino there, so they get like you know kind of those uh, casino touring bands, which with like you know like Buddy Guy played there. I saw Scott Stapp there. I think Lita Ford performed there. Uh, Vanilla Ice was there. So uh, th- there's that kind of aspect to it. It's only about a 45 minute drive from South Bend. So I think there's the nice part is you can go to Chicago, you can go to Michigan, you can go to Indianapolis, and it's all about a, a less than two hour drive. So you have many options that if you feel like driving a little bit, you can find a show. Oh, pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. And, you know, we'll dive into your concerts now. Because I know you've been to some pretty cool concerts for the podcast and outside the podcast, I'm sure. So can you remember your very, very first concert? Yes, uh, that was Alice Cooper in 2013. Oh, man. You see, now, that's like, I would love to be able to say Alice Cooper was my first concert. Like, that's major. He's one of the coolest guys ever to hit the music scene, you know? Oh, definitely. And it just blew my mind uh, just going to that show because I wasn't super familiar with Alice Cooper. Like he's my, now my favorite artist because of that show. That was the first show I went to and it just blew my mind. So my brother, he went a few years before to see Alice Cooper. And I wasn't I was like eighth grade, maybe I think eighth grade. Um, and my parents like, nah, you know, not old enough to go. So I'm like, all right. But next time he showed up, I was like, I think junior, junior. Sophomore, junior in high school. I don't exactly remember. But um, my parents like, yeah, you can go. And I'm like, yay. So um, so that that show just blew my mind. We got it, it's a it's a nice uh, performing arts center. And it has like a, a um, an opera box because it's like an old school kind of theater. I forget. It's like 100 and some years old, I think. So we got the opera box, which was cheaper. And you're like right on the side of the stage. So like you were like so close to the stage. And it just blew my mind. I got to see, uh, she's an incredible guitarist named Oriante. She's from Australia. She was incredible. That was, I think, the only tour that she was on for Alice Cooper. She might have been on the second one, uh, another tour. But seeing her live was incredible. And uh, obviously, Alice Cooper, with all the stuff he does, you know, he throws beads, he throws money, he gets his head chopped off, you know, just experiencing that. As your first concert, just I just it has a lasting impression on my life. Just so much. I almost feel like he's like a dying breed of musician, you know, because he's that kind of performer. He brings a lot of musical theater into his stage show, you know, everything he does on stage. And it's hard to find musicians that do that nowadays, isn't it? It definitely is, especially for like that level of like the props he has and the story he tells with the music he writes his music like obviously you can listen to you know under my wheels is a separate song that's fine but then like you like you listen under my wheels and no more mr nice guy like they just flow together it's very nice and also one of my two of my favorite songs by alice cooper but he gets that crowd participation on the songs too which is incredible to see and just the way like uh, the crowd reacts to like all the stuff going on. It is truly a show with Alice Cooper. And you're right. You don't get to see that a lot with the artists, but Alice Cooper, I mean, 
he's I would say one of the like he's like the godfather like that shock rock kind of style you see that with a few other bands but usually sometimes it doesn't last like it's usually when they're just like starting out like I know uh Marilyn Manson is kind of that way um the way he started with Alice you know kind of like the Alice Cooper said he's kind of like the the modern day Alice Cooper back in the 90s but it didn't really last I think you know obviously he's got won't get into all of that but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah uh with that is that it, it that, that kind of stage show didn't last for him anyway I think it kind of when he started off it was like Alice Cooper-esque you know that sort of shock yes. rock but he took it too far he escalated it too far like cutting himself on stage and spitting on people and all that sort of stuff you know it kind of he took it way too far and obviously something like that isn't going to last yeah it um he made it weird um <laughs> that's that's like the best the way. way to put it yeah <laughs> yeah and you know, i know he's, and it kind of you know seeing him nowadays it kind of understand especially like, you know with everything happening it's like okay yeah it makes a lot of sense now but he you know he obviously was based off when he first started he based it off alice cooper before you know, he took it into a direction that i don't think many people appreciated um you know he might have it might have been the vision in his head uh but it just didn't translate very well to uh, you know people and stuff like that so yeah and plus all of his problems that he, that he has that have come to light it's like yeah that kind of makes a lot of sense so uh, not a great example i mean it, it's like the only one i could think of that did it kind of similar to alice cooper on the mainstream but obviously it just didn't last as i said yeah yeah and we'll jump way forward then what was your last concert uh let's see uh, okay. Um, I saw, I don't know if you're familiar, a really cool band out of uh, Oregon. They're called uh, Sleep Signals. They got a really great story behind them. Uh, I, I've interviewed them before and uh, I got to meet them finally uh, last, uh, like about a weekend ago. Uh, and they were, they were so cool. They delivered a really great show. I had the opportunity to interview them on their tour bus. And it was, it was a really cool experience and it was such a great show. All the bands, uh, delivered a really great show and sleep signal just blew me away just they brought a lot of energy the crowd was into it that was a lot of fun that was in a uh, papa pizza in kalamazoo uh, michigan so that was a good time that was a lot of fun and uh, just r- real quick about sleep signals it's a big reason i support them is just how inspiring they are they had a huge bus wreck uh back in 2021 when they're on tour with pod Oh, and that took them out for about a year. Like they had to recover, recover from injuries, lost gear, that kind of stuff. And it's just so inspiring that they're back. And honestly, they're, you know, they're back and still at the same level that they're performing at since that, you know, since all mm. that happened, they're, they're back and they sound really great. And um, I think they got a lot of, they got a lot of momentum behind them now. I think they got a lot of fuel for them. So I hope the best for them because they definitely deserve it. Yeah, sounds like it anyway. Jeez. And what is a deciding factor for you when it comes to buying tickets? When a concert is announced, what's the deciding factor? Um, well, I got two. I go distance. Well, actually, sorry, sorry. It's distance, day of the week, and how much money they are. <laughs> very practical. Very practical. <laughs> so like i was like i make exceptions for some bands and stuff but yeah it's kind of big i mean i guess the deciding ones like the day of the week like you know i'd love to see a concert you know like on a wednesday tuesday or wednesday or something but unfortunately especially now with my schedule it's like oh i can only really commit to the weekends now for stuff but um 
but yeah, uh, that's kind of the main three three I look at because there's some concerts I love to go see, but you know, as we, you probably heard about the ticket prices for some shows, you know, like mm. uh, you know, I know like Taylor Swift's like two thousand dollars this year or something <laughs> like that. Uh, obviously, I don't have two thousand dollars lying around. I don't think you don't want to make any assumptions, no, but I don't know no. if you do as well. Not to see Taylor Swift anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's you know. Obviously, if it's a band who I really want to see live, like obviously I'm seeing Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie coming up in uh, September. Oh, um, I am so jealous over that. When I seen that announced, I was like, I know for a fact they're not going to come to Ireland. But a small part of me was like hoping for a miracle. Uh, well, I, 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 I do hope that you know eventually get like more like touring stuff. I know, like, so for you. You know, obviously you're based, you know, in Ireland, they do a lot of like more music festivals, but do you get like individual tours? Like, you know, like do they go like UK, Ireland for like, you know, like either like an Alice Cooper or like a touring band like that? That's a very good question. And it's kind of at the forefront of a lot of people's minds at the moment, because before the pandemic, we would have, you know, we'd get a lot of bands that and even solo performers that if they were touring Europe, they would throw an Irish date on. But ever since the pandemic, it seems like everyone is just like blacklisting Ireland. Like there's, it's been spoke about on the national radio station as well. And, you know, there's like Megadeth, Metallica, like any band you could name is coming over to Europe this summer. And 99% of them aren't coming to Ireland. Like they're going to England. They're playing a couple of dates in England. And, the likes of Megadeth and I can't think of a few other ones, but there's a few of them that like they're, there's gaps in their schedule. Say like they're playing in Manchester on a Tuesday and they're playing in, say, London on the Sunday. Like that leaves four or five days in between that they could have just hopped on the ferry, came over, played a show in Ireland, but they're not for some reason. So it's kind of. It's kind of gone very bad over here. Now, one thing I am surprised at is that Motley Crue and Def Leppard are coming to Ireland. You know, I never in a million years would have thought they would have come to Ireland on their big tour. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, no, at the moment, it seems like a lot of uh, a lot of big bands are kind of forgetting Ireland exists. Like if we want to see them, we have to hop on a plane to England or you know mainland Europe as well which kind of sucks because it's uh it obviously adds to the expense but as well then about the expense like it it's getting very expensive to go to a gig in Ireland because any of the big ones are on in Dublin and all the hotels in Dublin have this habit of like say say you check a hotel room today and it's 200 250 and tonight or tomorrow, there's a massive concert, like say Taylor Swift, like we mentioned, or even Metallica might be more our style. Say that's announced tonight or tomorrow. That room price will go from 250 up to like seven, eight hundred for that night. So it's the hotels as well, kind of screwing people. There's a very good example, actually. Bruce Springsteen is coming to Ireland in the summer, right? The tickets oh, oh off the top of my head i think tickets were close to 200 dollars or something 200 euro now a guy was on the radio station being interviewed saying he'd bought a ticket to go see him in dublin and he went to book a room and it was like 700 euro for the room Oof. so he checked out where else bruce springsteen 
was flying or was playing. And he found that he was playing in Italy. He checked rooms, he checked prices. He was able to go fly to Italy. Now, that's about a four hour flight, I think. He was able to fly to Italy, get the ticket, get the hotel, see Bruce Springsteen, fly back home to Ireland. And it was 200 euro cheaper than if he had just drove up to Dublin, stayed the night and seen Bruce Springsteen up there. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. That yeah. you could literally fly to another country to see a concert. And it's actually cheaper than seeing the concert in your own country. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and distance wise, I'd say it's probably like flying. No, I have no idea about distances in America, but it's probably like flying from New York to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? It's a good trick. Yeah, I'm I'm not too good with like, you know, <laughs> figuring out. Like, obviously, I know I know the United States because I live here, but yeah, we'll go with that. I'm not, I'm not, someone can check us on that. I'm not sure. <laughs> someone could do the math on that. But the point is, so like doing all of that and you still wind up saving money. That, that's, yeah. that's, it makes crazy. no sense. It really shows that there's a major problem here. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Like, it, that shouldn't be the case, you know, for stuff. Uh, I do know, like, even even here in South Bend, like, if it's like, uh, you know, uh, we, we have college football here, we have Notre Dame. So sometimes, you know, the prices are more expensive depending on what time, you know, what weekend you go. If it's a football game, they're going to be more expensive. But usually it's, it's not like, you know, a five, six hundred dollars change. It's usually maybe a hundred, two hundred change. But uh, but still, it, you know, it happens here, but not as extreme as like what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's oh, it's a. Uh... Because one example is Disturbed. Now, they have been on my list for a long, long time. And they're playing Download in England in the summer. And I think it's June, could be. Yeah, sometime in June, I think. But at the point when that was announced, they had no other dates on their calendar for the year. Right now, a couple of weeks ago, they announced that they're playing... I think five or six other places around Europe around that time. They're even playing in Israel, I think. And I was like, come on, guys, you're in download on the Thursday or the Friday. You've not planned for a couple of weeks around that. Literally an hour on a ferry, you're over to Ireland because they do have a massive following in Ireland, you know. But no, they just won't. Maybe it's maybe it's too expensive or something to hop on a ferry with all their equipment and come over just for one show because that's the thing big bands and when they come to Ireland it's such a small country that they'll only get away with playing one show like it's not like they can play Dublin and then travel and play some other part of the country it's such a small country that everyone in the whole country that wants to see them will travel to Dublin or say to Cork you know no I I got you for sure I I, unfortunately I don't understand why either but yeah I'm, I'm very surprised for you know especially if they do have time to do it and obviously you're just going to play one show it's not going to travel the whole you know travel all of all of ireland yeah. so dude I, I i hope eventually like not to brag or anything i had i had the opportunity to see disturb in 2021 and it was an amazing show it was okay, I, we're not friends anymore no that's it <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I told you ahead of time <laughs> I wasn't, but uh but no i definitely hope you do get experience that because that was my first time seeing them was a few years ago and that was like another band like um you know blew my mind in like a different way just of how good they sound mm, yeah yeah definitely and a funny 
story that popped into my mind about bands coming to Ireland. Actually, it's a a band that the two of us know really well. I think I told you at the time I was going to see them, and I couldn't believe they were coming to Ireland. They were uh, supporting another band that were fairly big in the eighties. I think you can probably work out who it was. Okay, I think I, yeah. I think I already got that. <laughs> anyway, they were coming to Ireland a couple of months ago, and. I immediately bought tickets, drove to Dublin, got to the venue, was sitting there for like, now I had text the lead singer saying I was looking forward to the show. They were on the ferry from England coming over. He texts back, said, brilliant, thanks. Thanks a million. Can't wait to, to hook up with you. That sounds so wrong. Hook up. That means something else. <laughs> you can't wait clarify to that sentence first. With, yeah. Can't wait to meet up with you and have a beer or whatever. There you um, go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, two hours pass. I'm like, what's going on? No bands show up. There was the, the venue was packed. I happened to see the promoter going by and I just stopped him. I said, what's the story? He goes, I've no idea. We don't know where the band is. Don't know what's going on. Another 40 minutes went by, asked the someone working at the venue. Oh, yeah, um, there's some trouble at, at uh, customs. Long story short, they got stopped at customs, got searched. The whole thing ended up, they ended up getting through customs, but they got through like four or five hours later, missed the gig. And oh, I it was it was actually the most disappointing experience I've had at a concert now because I've never got to see anyone I've interviewed live, and this would have been the first time. And I got on so well with that person that I was really looking forward to seeing them live, and it just it didn't happen. You know what I mean, dude? I I, I definitely know for sure. I, I know who you're talking about. And fortunately, uh, you know, obviously we both interviewed you know the person and. The whole band's really awesome. I haven't had a chance to meet them in person either. But yeah, just just the way like that it wasn't by any fault of their own mm. that they were they missed the shows because it got hung up in customs, which it's so heartbreaking. Like you, you know, you're like, hey, this is gonna be an awesome day. I finally get to meet this person. And then for no fault of either party, it doesn't work out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Damn customs, huh? <laughs> Another yeah. reason why I hate Ireland when it comes to concerts. <laughs> But um, I did see that that person announced last week that they're they're working on their own headlining European tour. Saw so that. Hopefully, hopefully, at some stage they'll come to Ireland with that and get through customs. I I hope they successfully make it to that show and you actually get to meet uh them. I have the opportunity, hopefully in May, uh, to see that same band, and I'm super excited. Oh man, that's going to be cool. Their their stage show is supposed to be unreal like even if you oh. didn't like their music you're guaranteed a good time oh dude and to listen to like their you know the where they started to where they are now just they have grown so much as musicians dude it's incredible yeah and you know what actually i've often thought to myself isn't it such like i know we kind of have more of a not so much a relationship but more of a link to them i suppose than just the average listener but isn't it such a pleasure to watch their journey I feel like we're watching a band actually, you know, when we ask a band, like, how did you start or how did you get to where you are? I feel like we're watching the process in real time with them because, you know, you see them small playing clubs, 
you see them land this support gig or support tour with a bigger band and now they're going to be headlining themselves like it's actually a real pleasure to watch and they really do deserve it oh it's so cool to see the the progress of some of the people who we interview these bands that you know we we very much enjoy mm. um that people might not know about but we very much enjoy listening to their music so to finally like see them you know i think in my you know to me personally it's finally getting you know some of the recognition that i think they deserve because of how hard they work yeah and it's just so cool you know again you start off like oh i saw you know i saw them in a club that had 100 people and now they're you know on a support tour somebody and now they're trying to you know plan a headlining tour it it, it's awesome it's so cool to see but also you got to think back to like you know when they first started when you first you know first interviewed them a few years ago and now you can, you know, you have to like kind of do mentally kind of like, okay, that's where they are. And now this is where they're going. So yeah. it, it's awesome. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And back to you then. Okay. What, what makes a good show for you? What has to happen for you to walk away at the end of the night's end? That was one of the best shows I've ever seen. I definitely think it's got to be, you know, if I can get the guests laughing, you know, that I say something either witty or you know whatever. If I can get the guests to like laugh and kind of make you know that they they don't feel very um you know uh, uh uncomfortable or have their guard up. If I if we just have an, a a fun conversation that we um you know doesn't have to be like um you you probably experienced this with a few interviews like um you're just like question answer and mm. just try to segue to another question thing. If we can just have a conversation flow and we're having a good time. That's uh, one of my, um, th- that's where I can walk away and go, okay, that was fun. I did my job and there wasn't, it wasn't a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And when it comes to concerts, then this is a good one. I like hearing the answer to this one. What's your favorite experience that had nothing to do with the band you went to see? Hmm. That is a extremely great question um <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to think because like I, a lot of the concerts i go to um like obviously i'm interacting with the band either to get an interview or to you know talk with them about possibly setting up an interview i would say um one of my favorites uh, i would say recently uh because yeah i got that probably it's probably recent bias there's probably other memories that i'm not thinking of right now but uh, I've interviewed him before. He's a really great guy. He's a friend of mine. He is uh, Ty from Smile Empty Soul. So um, he live. We kind of live in the same vicinity. We're like a uh, two hours apart. So there's a venue called the Hard Rock Casino. That's um, you know close by him. It's about an hour drive for me. So uh, we, uh, we didn't plan really plan it. Um, I just saw that he was going to the event and I was going to the event. So I just shot a message like, "Hey, you know, I saw you playing the go. You know, I look forward to seeing you again." So we went and it was such a fun night um, at, at the Hard Rock Casino because we got to hang out. We got to see uh, Aaron Coburn, who's a really great uh, guitarist, and Allie Venable, who's an incredible blues guitarist. We got to see them and Allie p- performed a two and a half hour set. She performed an extended set. And me and Ty were just up front having such a great time, uh, you know, at this like pretty much it looks like a sidebar, like in the back of the of the casino itself. So um, just be able to hang out with him and have so much fun to you know be with somebody who enjoys the music as much as myself there. It was incredible. Jeez, that's going to be 
very hard to top in the future. <laughs> and without naming the band now, because it wouldn't be fair, what is the worst concert experience you've had and how did you deal with it? Oof. Oof. Okay, let's see. Um, hmm. I don't know if I've had like a like a completely worse experience at a concert. There's been sometimes like I I guess I'll just give you like some highlights of some stuff that's happened. Uh, again, I won't for everyone's privacy. I'm not gonna name anything, but uh, I've been to some shows where like either uh, the venue or sometimes the venue or the band. You know, it's hard to tell either one. Uh, either their equipment just didn't mesh, so like you get like the just doesn't sound good. You know, like um, either there you know there's some issues with the, the band's equipment or the sound equipment at the venue. So it just doesn't make it sound very good. Yeah. Um, so I've I've had that happen a few times when I went to shows, but usually that's like one band. I, it sucks when it's a headliner, but usually that's like a one band thing uh where it happens. So like I enjoyed the rest of the show, but like that band who I probably I sometimes it's like the band I wanted to see, and you know, it just doesn't the sound quality is just not there. Or like uh they don't have like tune correctly, like either the band's louder than the vocals, so you can't really hear the vocals. Um, I've had that happen a few times when I go on to shows. You just kind of have to, there's nothing really you can do about it. It sucks if that happens. But I mean, I'm just a guy in the crowd. I can't, you know, run the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll dive into the last couple of questions. So sure. I'm looking forward to hearing your answers on these. Well, first, before we get to it, actually, what's your future plans for Super Cool Radio? Oof, boy. Okay. Uh, I'll keep this as condensed as I can. Uh, a <laughs> lot of great interviews coming. I want to surprise my guest. You know, surprise the audience with the guests I'm going to have. I, I want to. I want people to be surprised. Like, hey, I'm interviewing this person. Um, so that's kind of been the focus this season. I've obviously had some return guests this season as well, but expect some really cool guests. And even if it's guests you never heard of, they're probably going to be really awesome. But I would definitely say expect that. I got my solo podcast every Wednesday. Also, I got to give a big shout out to a friend we both know, Joseph Carrasco, DJ JC on the Brutal Block. Of course. He is every, it's every Tuesday on Super Cool Radio. It's Tuesday at noon, Eastern Time. He delivers a great metal show. If you enjoy metal music, definitely check out Brutal Block. That's every Tuesday. So, I, um, so I'd say expect that for most of summer as well. I'm covering a few festivals as well. I can't name any yet because I have to get you know all the proper paperwork and all that. So... But expect me to some festivals as well. And we'll have to see how the rest of the year goes. But I would say probably up until like August, that's that's like I would say expect a lot of that. Sounds like a pretty solid year. Right. We'll uh, we'll dive into the last couple. So if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night, who would it be? I've I've seen quite a few legends, but I would say one. Um. See, my original answer is one that's going to happen soon, so uh, I won't say that one. I'm I'm seeing Iggy Pop next week or two weeks. I'm seeing Iggy Pop in like two weeks, uh, in Chicago, and uh, that's going to be amazing. So I that would be my original answer, but I will say one that I know unfortunately will not happen. Uh, that would be Motorhead. Oh, that's that's a very good one. I don't think I've actually had that answer before. Would you believe? If I have, it was in one of the very early episodes, but it's not one that comes up. And it's surprising, though, you know, because you think a lot of people would want to see Motorhead. 
Motorhead's like a well-known name that's underrated that people forget because yeah. uh they are so awesome and uh just it's like it you know that's like the attitude of metal that's like they embody the metal attitude and mm. they, they get shortchanged on a, a lot of different stuff i don't think they're even in the rock and roll hall of fame no uh, i don't think so for how influential they are to many musicians not just metal musicians musicians of all kind you know either the attitude of lemmy or the just we're gonna kick your ass and rock your face off you know it <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter what music you're playing as long as you have that attitude i respect that yeah yeah definitely definitely and if you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history who would it be Ooh. uh living or passed away either are can be anyone. Okay. well how about I'll, I'll give you both uh living alice cooper no doubt i don't blame um, you that dude is he's he knows a lot about a lot of things and maybe he can improve my golf game too because i'm not that great <laughs> uh and then from uh from history who's no longer here i i would say um i don't know uh, jim morrison comes uh comes to mind the first one uh, i think really? it'd be a trip i think it'd be a trip kind of list you know just Maybe not even just you know uh, just hearing what he has to say. Not even just engaging too much. Just hearing his, his trip because the way like even just reading his poetry is just it's such a trip. They obviously converted a lot of that into songs too. But I think he would be a very interesting character to interview, or to at least you know spend twenty four hours with at least. Yeah, I have to say I'm absolutely shocked. If I had of, you know, if you had given me like a full day to come up with answers that you would have given to that question. I would have never said Jim Morrison. Jeez, man, you're after totally shocking me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm here to shock you and uh, intrigue you with my, with your, uh, uh my answers to your questions. <laughs> well, you're certainly doing that. And the final one, sadly, the final one, what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, man, so many just came to mind. So much. Uh, I've been on like, um, you know, obviously I've been listening to Iggy Pop because I want to see him live. But uh, that's kind of like the main stuff I'm listening. I'm started listening to. I don't know if you're familiar with Living Color. Um, yeah, the, yeah. I had I got to see him live like two years ago. Amazing. Um, so I've been like, that's what I've been listening to lately. But I, if I just pick a song that kind of binds my life or like a sound soundtrack to my life. Oh, I, you know what? I don't know if you're going to be familiar with this one. Uh, it's Hotter and Hotter by Rollins Band. Anyone got to check that out. It's pretty much just go, you know, going so hard and so much that people question why haven't you burned out yet? And that kind of defines me. Right, right. Perfect choice. So listen, Matthew, I feel like this could have went on for hours now if we had more time. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. We'll have to do it again in the future, maybe an anniversary episode or something next year. I let me know anytime. I'm more than happy to have you uh, to you know have me. There we go. <laughs> uh, I'm more than happy to chat with you. And honestly, I would I would say I'll have you on my podcast too at some point too. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. It's always an awesome time, and I very much appreciate it. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. 
So until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.